And hello and welcome to the Wedding Dish Podcast. We got stuck there in the start of this recording for a second. Um, Grab your fork and knife and take a seat at our table as we dish on all things weddings. You'll hear stories and tips from real couples and wedding pros about love, life, and entrepreneurship. I am Sarah Elephant. I am your host of The Wedding Dish, and I'm CEO of Photos from the Hardy and District Bliss. We have our little French French buddy over here, Clouseau, who got a little bit spunky right before we started recording and decided he was going to make all the noises right before we got on here. So now he's all tuckered out and you'll probably hear him snore. (laughs) Thank you for tuning into The Wedding Dish today. I am so excited to introduce you to today's guest. He entered the industry when he started Fantasy Sound Event Services right after high school, And after about 33 years in the business, I can say Fantasy Sound was built to last. Um, Today, his Northern California-based business has evolved into a renowned full-service lighting and entertainment company that serves the wedding and event market in California. He was inspired to become more involved in education, networking, and thought leadership a man after my own heart on those things, to contribute to the future of the industry and took over Wedding IQ in an effort to develop a hub of information and opportunities for wedding professionals across the industry. And his visionary way of thinking has a lot in store to bring education to the forefront. I would like to introduce you to today's guest on The Wedding Dish, Kevin Dennis. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. That was quite an intro. (laughs) (laughs) It's always embarrassing when you hear someone read that about yourself. (laughs) It really is. It's so like you start to blush. You can't help but kind of start to giggle. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I agree. We just throw you right in here at the wedding dish. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited to dish with you about all things lighting. Um, I know how much lighting can transform a space, how much it can make or break a space. Um, there are so there's so much to lighting that I think is an, it's underknown. Um, and I'm really, really excited to hear about what you have to say um, as an expert in the field. So um, you obviously have your finger on the pulse of trends with lighting. So let's start there. What are some lighting trends that you're seeing for this year? So a lot of um, Edison bulbs. So um, they're still popular. They're not going away. Um, and getting even more creative with them where we've created uh, like some of our own uh, uh, custom pieces that we own, you know, custom built for us, so to speak, Uh, some different chandeliers and different things like that. Um, You know, market lights, some people call them bistro lights, but I'm, uh, I I have fallen in love towards the end of last wedding season with uh, market light walls. So like a wall of lights behind the couple for the sweetheart table. And that has become my new, um, Everyone has what you favorite. That, that's my favorite thing right now that we do. It just looks in, in person. It, it's stunning. If you get a good photographer that can actually capture that stuff, it looks really amazing in photos. It's just this really cool wall of lights. And so that's that's something that we're seeing a lot right now. Um, the flower greenery hanging, you know, so it... it I'm not a florist. That's I always I always lean with that. <laughs> um, I don't know how to make... Uh, beautiful bouquets or any of that kind of stuff, but anything floral, floral hanging structures, um, 
florals being attached to our, you know, chandeliers or uh, pieces that we've, like we built an arbor, a 12 foot by 12 foot wooden arbor that we built uh, for the florist to, you know, like a blank canvas for them to just really start going crazy and, uh, and designing on it. It's kind of fun to watch too, because every florist does it a little different. Everyone has their own little take on it. So it's, it's the same piece, but yet it looks different almost every time that we put it up. So um, I love that. That's some of the, I'm like, I feel like I'm just throwing it out at you as fast as I can, but that's a lot of what's going on right now. (laughs) So that's awesome. I, I really love one of my favorite things about weddings is letting the creatives and the vendors go and like do their thing in such a unique way. Like when you give them the reins, they can do the coolest stuff. <laughs> I really, I, well, I, there's a florist that we work with and she's like that out of the box thinker and we'll be working with her either like she gets the most creative obviously on showcases because she can do whatever she wants, but like, but sometimes some brides give her that creative, you know, creative freedom, so to speak. And she'll, she'll go, you know, Hey, I thought I'll get text messages from her like at six 30 in the morning on the wedding day. I need you to bring this, 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 and this extra because I had this like vision last night. And, but, but with that said, everything that we do with her is over the top. And those are all the photos that, that, that we find, our clients lend themselves to that. I want to do this. I want, how, how do I do that? You know, kind of, you know, and so I, I always love partnering up with her because that creative, you know, it is, it's fun being creative and it's fun. You know, I don't like being in a rut, you know, like we have a chandelier that we've been doing for years now and everyone thinks it's amazing. And I personally think it's the most boring thing we've ever, you know, cause I'm so over it, you know, we've been there, done yeah. that, but you know, my pocketbook thinks it's the greatest thing ever because it goes out almost every weekend. You know, it's constantly <laughs> out. Um, but, you know, I, that's why I'm like, let's what's new. Let's try something different. You know, so we create like even this year, we created a chandelier with nine thousand six hundred twinkle lights in it. You know, it's an eight by wow. eight structure. Yeah, it comes down uh, eight feet. It's eight by eight by eight. Um, it's got ninety six hundred little twinkle lights in it. Um, you know, it was, we debuted it at our new year's Eve wedding this year, and then it's gone up a couple times since. And so it's starting to get, it's almost like we build a new product and it takes about almost 18 months for it to really, cause brides need to see the photos. And then, so it, it's that like kind of that little circle of life for it to really kind of take off, so to speak and get going. So, but yeah, that's something new that we're doing too. So it, hanging, hanging structures, lighted up, you know, anything lit up. That's all that's really, really popular right now. That's so, how much does an eight by eight by eight million twinkle light? I can't even remember what number you said. <laughs> 9, we counted. 9, <laughs> we did the math. How much does that weigh? Oh, it doesn't weigh that much. You'll be, you'll be surprised because all those, the lights, they're, it's very similar to like your Christmas lights, the, the way those strands are. They're all these little LEDs and they have like these little round pegs. They're, the, the weight of it is very light. So, yeah. Oh, my goodness. You're yeah, it's, have it's, to send it's me lighter a than some of the some of our crystal chandeliers that we uh, hang. Yeah, we have some really big ones and some of those are really heavy. Like we even have a, a chandelier made out of wine barrels. And that one, you know, because it's the real wood of the wine barrel. That one's really heavy as well. So. That's so interesting. I, I'm now I'm trying to picture. You're gonna have to send me pictures. I can send you photos. (laughs) 
I love that. That's so much fun. I love that you're able to like build and create lighting structures too. And that that's part of what you do. You know, you're not just setting it up, but you're actually creating it. Well, and that's, and some of it, I'll be honest with you, we've taken from Pinterest and a bride goes, I want to make this. And so we'll make our own version of it. Um, you know, but some of it we've come up with on our own and, you know, we've re, you know, that one chandelier I was telling you about, it's probably 10 years old, if not right around that, but it's be, it's been re-engineered at least five times. So like, it's, you know, it's the lightest, you know, as, as I get a little older, it, you know, we need to make it as easy yeah. as possible, but it's, uh, we've re-engineered it so many times that we have it down to a science now, but, um, you know, but that's, I don't know, it, it, it's fun. That's so fun. I love that. <laughs> so why do you think couples are drawn toward these hanging light installations right now? I think it's what they're seeing. You know, they're seeing it on the internet. It's on Pinterest. It's on, you know, when they start looking for weddings, uh, they're seeing it on Instagram. You know, they're seeing it in, in the bridal magazines, on the bridal websites, um, we have this one photo, uh, brides.com did like trends for, uh, you know, the upcoming year. And it's a drapery installation in the ceiling with some crisscross long, long pieces of drapery. And um, we have probably been emailed that photo from clients or from potential clients about 15 times. We keep going, oh, there's that photo again. Oh, there's that photo. <laughs> you know, so we've had to you know, for the venues that they want to do it at, you know, engineer it and figure out how to do it, you know, because everyone wants to, you know, they, they see it, they want to have it. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. It's, it's so interesting. It must be, it must be kind of a rodeo to try to figure out how to engineer hanging installations in various venues. Some venues lend themselves to be like, okay, it's not a problem. And other ones is like, there's no hanging points. There's no nothing. So we're having to bring in rigging to make it all happen. And then when we, when we use the word rigging, if you hear that word, no, it's going to cost a whole lot more. There's no getting around it because you're not being able to use the existing structure of the building to, you know, hold up what you want to do so that you're having to, you know, engineer it bring it in and, you know, and then that sometimes costs just as much, if not more than the rental price of, of the items itself. So anything's that possible. That's what I tell everyone. Anything's possible. It's just how much money do you want to spend on it? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. That doesn't really surprise me that when you hear the word rigging, the price goes up knowing what rigging looks like. But for those of us out there, for those listeners that don't know what rigging actually means, <laughs> I know you said it's not using the existing structure, but like, what does that actually look like in, um, in like real life practice? So we having to bring in, you know, stands and or uh, you know, backdrops or something to hold up everything that we that we want to do. So we have from, you know, different uprights to, uh, you know, trussing to different things, depending on what the client wants to do, we can, you know, bring it in. So if you think of like a concert tent and sometimes, you know, like a, a stage and they have the, the big trussing goes up and so you can do something as industrial look as that, or you can close it in and put some, it's called scrim, but uh, scrims around the trussing to make it look white or black or, you know, that kind of stuff. And, or just use, you know, good old fashioned upright pole, you know, poles, you know, that's, we, use, we call them T-stands. So it's a, a, you know, a stand that goes up with a crossbar on the top. And so it looks like a T, but that, you know, we do a lot of stuff with T-stands as well. So 
Um, so if your structure doesn't have it, you know, then we have to bring that kind of stuff in. And then sometimes, you know, we can disguise the look of it, but not always, you know. So like if we're doing outside market lights or, you know, over a lawn, you're going to need the black poles, you know, that hold everything up. There's no getting around it unless you're allowed to attach to, you know, some trees or if there's some existing structure or something there that you can attach to. So. Interesting. Yeah. And, you know, that that is something to consider when you're thinking about the decor, if it will be something that's visible versus something that, um, you know, you're going to you're if you're going to enjoy the look of it. But it sounds it's it, the logistics of it just make me want to take a nap. Oh, I don't blame <laughs> you. Yeah, no, because there's I mean, it, it ends up, you know, because sometimes too, like, some uh, people will hire the floors to put greenery on it to make it blend into the landscape sometimes and all that cost, you know, now it's my, my, you know, my piece of equipment plus greenery from the florist and it all starts adding up pretty quickly. So sometimes, so, you know, I know we're going to get into it later, but being realistic with what your venue can, you know, the limitations of your venue, you know, and, and working around that is a good thing. So well, I mean, we can get into that right now. Um, let's talk about um, what are some tips you have for couples when they're touring venues? Like what should they be thinking about regarding lighting? I think a, a couple big things is, you know, Google is your best friend. You know, Pinterest is your best friend. Instagram is your best friend. So start looking at photos from that venue. So that's where I think a lot of people miss the boat on it. They start looking at just wedding photos and not really looking at photos from that venue because then that's going to give you a, a, a really good idea of what can and cannot happen. Um, the other thing when you're touring it is ask what what is allowed? You know, what can we attach? You know, can if it has an open aired ceiling, can we attach to the ceiling? What you know, what can we do? You know, the other thing which I think a lot of couples forget is, um, you know, time. How much time do we have for setup? You know, so some of these pretty photos that you see, you know, these Preston Bailey type ish, you know, Colin Cowie ish weddings, um, those things were set up for five days, six days, you know, before the wedding. We did a wedding in the uh, right kind of midsummer time last year. Um, we got hired to bring in just our chandeliers and we had they had to rent them for a week because they started the setup on a Monday for a, a wedding for that following Sunday. And so they were, I mean, this was, and we had to, and our, our load in day was Tuesday, you know, and then we had to come back the following Monday, you know? And so it was, it was one of those over the top, it remind you know, very Colin Cowie, you know, production. It's, it's, it's not no longer a, a wedding that you would set up, you know, in the two hours or three hours that you're allowed pre, <laughs> you know, that, that the venue gives you to go uh, set up. So some of that, you, you got to be realistic with everything, you know, all, all the variables going into it. And that's what I think a lot of people forget. So like I, we just literally did a wedding, beautiful garden uh, in Walnut Creek, California, which is about maybe 30 minutes from us. Um, we've started really uh, right after the pandemic uh, you know, like things started opening up. We're still in the pandemic, but right after things started opening up in the pandemic, we started doing a lot of events there because it's outdoors. And so a lot of people were drawn to it because of the outdoors. 
And so they've really kind of redone their whole marketing and have a really good plan. But we were out there, but it's 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 a historical gardens with a nursery and a couple and then they have education component to it. And so during the day, it's for the public, you know, and they really only give you two hours. And the wedding coordinator was adamant that we can do everything in an hour. And I'm like, it's not, you know, like, and she's like, well, they want more party time. I'm like, I get it, but you got to be realistic. And I feel like as a planner, you have to be the one that's, you know, you are the ones looking at the client going, that's not realistic. This is what can be done based on what you want to do. So. Yeah, you're the one who's educating the client on on what is realistic and what is feasible and what is um, going to, you know, not create stress for the couple or the vendors on that day. The good planners do that. That's all I can say about that. (laughs) You know, there is a huge difference in working with a good planner. (laughs) Well, a good planner can tell their client no and and have reasons why it can't happen and then but then have an alternative plan. What if we, you know, no, but what if we did this or no, you know, because I mean, I don't like to tell clients no. I always get in trouble in my office because I'm like, yeah, we can do that. But you sometimes you have to like it's not what you want is not you know, not real. It can't happen at the venue you want or your budget doesn't allow you to have, you know, $30,000 worth of hanging floral in the ceiling because, you know, your flower budget is only 4000 or 5000 you know, like, you know, so having realistic expectations of what you can and can't do. Yeah, that's really important. And um, yeah, I mean, you, you really hit the nail on the head on that. That's, it's, um, it really, it is something that a lot of us don't think about, you know, we, because they, they haven't, couples who are planning their wedding haven't done this before. No. You know, they they don't know what you can and can't do. Um, it's, you know, I'll get asked things like, uh, if I have bags under my eyes, can you Photoshop them out underneath a veil or something, you know, like um, if I fall in the mud, will you be able to Photoshop that oh off? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I was just asked that. So right um, here, can you get the bags out of my eyes? And fix yeah. <laughs> I don't see any under your eyes. <laughs> it's always the right answer. Um, but you like know, that. like that's always the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like there are certain things that we, as wedding professionals who have been through this, need to be able to tell our clients. You know, it's either going to cost you more, or it's going to be really difficult, or it might not look the way you expected, or you know, it's possible your guests are going to be arriving while the trusses are being set up if you only give them forty-five minutes to set yeah. up some like huge rigging. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm I'm a firm believer, like, hey, we can't do that, but what about this? You know, like trying to come yeah. back with some kind of a solution or some kind of a compromise. Uh, based, you know, based on what they want to do. So yeah, totally. Like we can't make it not be 90 degrees outside, but I can bring a cooling towel that will help you not sweat quite so much. Yeah. (laughs) We're an air conditioning event. I remember last summer we, there's one venue that we have that has like floor air conditioners and the bride just stood under under the the one vent and didn't move for like five minutes. I can imagine it. Those dresses can be hot. I've never worn one, so I can only take it from you guys and trust the fact that there's a lot of material on it. And yes, I can imagine it gets very hot. 
I would imagine it's so hot wearing a suit too. Like it must be nicer in the fall when you're like wearing a suit jacket, I would imagine. Yeah, I'm so I'll blow the suit jacket off for the ceremony. I'm I'm that's just I don't know while I'm working, but then I'll put it on once we get formal inside and stuff. But yeah, it gets well and we're out here in the wine country, so it gets hot out here and you know, that's what we're known for is the hot days and cool nights. So yeah, that's why the grapes like to grow here. So. Yeah, yeah, and not not too much rain, but enough that no, no, we don't know what that water is that falls from the sky <laughs> here. I know you get it in the summer, and you get it all over where you are, but in California, it's like water falls from the sky, and we just the whole world's like, what is that? You're the whole world, <laughs> all of California. We just don't get water. It just doesn't rain here anymore, and it, it's. I mean, we're laughing about it, but it's like. It's not, it's, it's a sad thing. It's, yeah. It's not a good thing. No. Um, yeah. I, I got married in Paso Robles. Okay. Um, and that's beautiful down there. Yeah. And it, it rains there 11 days out of the year. Mm-hmm. So we had no plan B for rain. Um, and did it we, rain or no? No. Oh, you got lucky. Okay. Yeah. We got lucky. Yeah. I rolled the dice. I had no plan. I was like, meh. But as a wedding photographer, isn't rain, like, if you can get it when it's not raining, but you get out after it just rained, isn't it, like, beautiful and, like, like that glossiness and... And the vibrance, because it really brings out all the colors. Yeah. Um, it, it is really, really beautiful. Um, as long as, you know, you don't have, like, your elderly parents sitting in a torrential downpour during the ceremony or something. Yeah. We've been a lot of venues in my area have indoor outdoor space, so it's it's been really good indoor outdoor ceremony space. I guess is a good way of putting it without having to you know take over part of the reception area. So that that's been really helpful. Um, but we did have a little bit of rain in um, like October, um, which is not normal. You know, like once again, eleven days at Passover, we get yeah. maybe, we get a few more, but not not quite many more than that. Um, but they, uh, it just, it poured rain and one of the venues we work at has this beautiful, you know, it has like asphalt going in, but it has all these palm trees and vineyard and he would, you know, he was just like, well, we got to go outside. We got to go outside and start shooting it because of the, the lighting was perfect, you know? Yeah. And yeah. So, and you yeah. get soft light too, cause there's a cloud cover. So, and everyone looks good in soft light. Yeah. Um, it, it's funny, um, you know, of course we're talking about lighting here, but um, one of the things right before the pandemic that I saw happening when we were, we went out to Maui for a couple of days and, um, and the whole lot of the hotels are now doing like the all inclusive style wedding, which means they're bringing in a photographer that works at the hotel, but they only pay them like 30 bucks. Well, oh, yeah. you have like a high contrast lighting situation on an island where yeah. you have water reflecting. And I just cannot, my brain, it like broke my brain and it's still, I mean, it's been two years now, over two years now, and I'm still thinking about it. <laughs> Oh, that's so fun. Well, we have a we have a timeshare in Maui that we go to every year, except for you know when when or when we're allowed to go to it. Um, but we have a photographer we hire every year that we, that takes our family photos, and we have to go to like this one couple the couple beaches that allow him to actually shoot because all the beaches are protected for the for the resorts. You can't like especially in Kanapali where we are, you cannot like you cannot take me and and photograph me on the beach. You'll get in all kinds of trouble. So. Oh yeah, that's interesting too. Yeah, they're all the beaches are very protected and locked down. So, 
Yeah. Only, the, only, the photo- only that $30 an hour photographer from the resorts gets to go out there and take photos and in the direct up. sunlight at noon. With a, with, I, well, and it's, I, I know very little about photography. We were talking before we even started <laughs> recording, but like the little prosumer, it, they don't even have real, you know, Canon bodies. It's the prosumer stuff that I have. I have one of those for, you know, that I try to take photos and I gave, I gave, I'll be honest with you, I gave up on it because my iPhone takes better photos than I can take on that thing. So, yeah. Oh my God. Oh, my brain. <laughs> <laughs> No, <laughs> don't do that. That's yeah. like bringing a flashlight to your wedding instead of getting lighting. I know. Oh, I've seen that too. <laughs> oh, the things we've seen. I know. If I was I love- smart, I would have journaled it all and I could have probably wrote uh, you know, a handful of books. But the problem yeah, is I-, I don't, you know. So every once in a while, someone will go, you remember that? And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> but if I had, had to bring it out of my memory, I I, I don't think I could. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, on that note, we are going to take a super fast break on The Wedding Dish, and we will be right back with Kevin Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> and we are back on The Wedding Dish podcast. I, of course, am Sarah Alipin, your host with the mostest and I am really excited to be dishing today with Kevin Dennis who is the um, CEO of Fantasy Sound Event Services out in Northern California um, but also has another little cool thing so um, that he does. So before we dive back into lighting trends, I'd love to have you tell me a little bit more about what exactly Wedding IQ is and what why you were called to be part of it. So Wedding IQ is a B2B uh, blog. So we're there to just try to raise the bar of the industry, the wedding industry. I feel like the wedding industry has a low barrier of entry, you know, so it's really easy to enter. But that doesn't mean just because you uh, get a website and or uh, get a phone number, does that mean you know what you're doing? Um, You know, and so therefore, I think we I, I mean, I've been in this industry for a long time. I'm still learning. Um, and I think people that take the approach uh, that are they're, they're, they're you're always going to learn. You don't know it all. Um, someone even that has less experience than you may know how to do something better. You know, if you take all those, you know, a- adjectives and roll them all up into one. But, you know, we're just there to educate the wedding industry and to raise the bar. I mean, the biggest thing is um, the wedding industry is not known for its customer service. That's the other thing. So we try to, you know, teach folks that you got to. You know, everyone's good at their art. You're good at your photography. I'm good at my lighting. Every, you know, everyone's good at that stuff, but they're not good at the business side of running a wedding business. And that's where a lot of wedding businesses get in trouble, I feel like. So that's what we're there for. Educate, you know, make our, make everybody in the wedding industry better. And I got called to it. I'll be honest with you. I've been involved in um, WIPA, which is the Wedding International Professionals Association. I've been on the board uh, off and on for almost uh, about a year and a half after it, it, its existence. They call me grandpa on the board. I've been around that oh. long. Uh, <laughs> or I, I kind of self-name myself that. It's like I've been around, you know, like because no one's been around as long as I have. And I, it's, it, you know, and I because I, I was around when WIPA only had less than 100 members. 
you know, we're almost at 1500 members. And when I was around the very first time, there was no chapters. Now we have chapters popping up all over the country, you know, so it's, it's a whole different WIPA than it used to be. So, but, but WIPA is all about education, networking, you know, working together. And so that's where my calling for it was, you know, came for winning IQ is through WIPA. That's so interesting. I One of the things that I love about Wedding IQ is that the goal is, I mean, it, yes, education, but it also is to elevate the industry itself yeah. um, and to showcase best practices. Like we're talking about how sometimes, you know, our clients like have never purchased from us before. They need to be educated on how to purchase from us. Um, and and part of that is saying no sometimes um, and, how, and checking in with like what's realistic, like saying no, like I don't, I think we should do it. Th- like this might be a better way of doing it to still get kind of what you want, but, um, but in a more realistic way that like, instead of just not delivering, you know? Um, yeah. So I well, love it's that. It's even okay to say no, that we're not a fit, you know, that's the other yeah. thing. You're not a fit for everybody out there and not, you know, and that you, you just, whether it's personality, it could be their vision doesn't align with how you think it, you know, it should go, or it could be ethical. It could be all kinds of things. It's it just amazing. So, uh, um, when I first started my business, I was, it was all about, I had to do everything. Anybody that called, I wanted that piece of business. And then I learned really quickly. I didn't need every piece of business that came in the door, you know? And so it's okay to have boundaries and, you know, I don't meet with clients on certain days. I only meet with clients at nights on certain nights. And if that doesn't work for you, then maybe we're not a fit, you know, because that's the way I've structured my life so I can be a dad and be a husband and, you know, have a family and have a business and, and have a little bit of, you know, time to lay on the couch and, and, <laughs> and do nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, which I, I think still... we're all entitled to do in this world. <laughs> Yeah, like I, you know, even if I'm not responding to a lead when it comes in on a Saturday because I'm watching, I don't know, The Simpsons, what do I only watch (laughs) animated cartoons, apparently, that actually might be, that might be realistic. here nor there but if I don't respond to that lead because that's what I'm doing and I'm I'm just need that time to do that that's okay um and it's part of client care to refer out and say no to some of the clients that aren't the right fit for you like um in fact I've had clients that I've referred I have um a couple wedding photographers that I I refer to regularly if it's not a good fit for me because you know they have a different personality similar skill set I really respect what they do um and I you know so I'll refer out to them. And then occasionally I will get the, um, the couple will like refer another person to me because they enjoyed that interaction so much. Um, whether or not, you know, they'll say like, I, Oh, I loved Sarah. Like she was so great. She sent me over to this person who was an amazingly talented photographer, reach out to Sarah. Um, but then, but then maybe their friend there, they feel their friend's personality might align with you or, you know, yeah. I think it's there's a lot of power in you know I'm not I'm not available or I, I don't think I'm a good fit but here's but sending yes. them down the road to the someone that is and that's the power too going back to the networking part of it all I mean having that you know someone reached out to me today the a local publisher of the wedding magazine here and she goes I know you know um you know, I know you have a lot of national contacts um, my niece just got engaged and is going to have a wedding in uh, Salt Lake City Utah. Who's who's a planner there? I'm like, oh, you got to read it. Reach out to Mar Master. I'm like, here's Hughes Weddings. Here she is, you know, and I, 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 you know, and it's from my years of networking and being out there. You get to know people and, you know, and that's there's a lot of power in that. 
I'm so with you on that. That's like you're speaking right to my heart. Um, I I think you know there there used to be the and I mean maybe it still exists. It doesn't exist in my circles anymore. The um, very like I you're my competition. I'm not interested in networking with you. Blah blah blah. But um, from my point, it's always like, look, I can't take every wedding, and I don't no. want every client. And I'm. No. I've been in this long enough that I'm not, you know, I've, I started in the wedding industry in 2005. So um, I'm also an old hat. I haven't been in quite as long as you. <laughs> but um, the, you know, like, to me, it's like, I know who my ideal client is. I'm not taking someone who's not my ideal client. And I'm not giving up 36 Saturdays, Sundays, and Fridays anymore. Yeah. Um, that's not what that's not what my life looks like for yeah. me. Well, and it took you a while probably to get there and realize yeah. that it's from trial and error. And I'm a big believer. Um, we make mistakes and or we, you know, we or there's a pain, a pain point in our business or whatever, and you need to learn from it and, and move forward. And if you don't, you know, no one's perfect. And that the first time something happens to at us at a week, at a wedding over the weekend, it's like immediate staff meeting. What do we learn? How do we fix this? How do we not do this mistake again? You know, I'm a firm believer because that's the only way you're going to grow and you need to own up. We messed up. You know, I'm the first to call the venue saying, hey, we messed up. This is what we did. This is what we, we came together. This is the solution we came to it. And this is how we're going to fix it. And I think that those type of things will that that's why you remain on their preferred vendor lists and all those things, because, you know, you're upfront, you're honest and you're, you know, you're not like, Oh, it wasn't me. I didn't do it. Oh, you might want to, you know, talk to that other person that took out the gate at the venue or whatever, whatever it it is, you know, when they have your, 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 your truck on video, taking it out, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I there's a lot of power in owning your mistakes and fixing them for sure. Well, even even if it's to a client, yeah, we messed up and this is how we're going to fix it or this is how we're going to, you know, make it better for you and you know, that what is there they can't yell at you anymore at that point, you know? Yeah, I mean, they're going to be happy because you're fixing the problem. You know, mm-hmm. you're not you're not just hiding it and hoping they don't notice. And that's yeah. I think that's a big mistake that happens with um people in the wedding industry. Yeah. Um, too often. Yeah. So I'm glad that you are heading up Wedding IQ. I, I love that you're we, spreading uh, spreading the knowledge around. We're always looking for writers. We're always looking for folks to come, uh, you know, contribute. Um, we have a monthly theme. And so it's always fun. And I've actually hired someone that's helping me now keep it going because that's what happens. The wedding season takes over and then I, I don't pay as much attention to Wedding IQ but now I have someone full-time paying attention to Wedding IQ. So we're not going to have this roller coaster of Wedding IQ anymore. We're just going to only keep going up. So I congratulations on Thank the you. hire. That's, yeah, that's very exciting. So. Yeah, it really is, especially being self-aware enough to know you needed it before you like got into the wedding season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy to forget when we're in the off well, season. Well, I've done a couple of wedding seasons where it's like, oh yeah, wedding IQ. What have we done for it? Oh my gosh, we got to do something, you know, and then it, then we're, but now I have Amanda. She's great. She takes care of it. And she's, she's the steward of wedding IQ. Brilliant. I'm so glad. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Big <laughs> deal. I love it. Okay. So Let's dive back into uh, lighting trends. 
Um, so what are some mi- common misconceptions that you see happen with lighting? Um, whether that be from the planner point of view, the venue point of view, or the couple point of view. All right, where to begin? Uh, I know, so, right? <laughs> so I would say a lot of it is unrealistic expectations. That's the biggest one. And I talked about it a little bit earlier, whether it's what can and can't happen at a venue, um, what's allowed in that amount of time frame. Um, you know, can we all, you know, even, even like something as simple as, you know, you have two hours and you have a rental truck, a caterer and a DJ and this person and me and, you know, everyone, photo booth guy, all trying to unload at the same time under one little loading dock area, you know, like having all those kind of, you know, what I want my wedding to look like, can it realistically happen in the time frame that I'm allowed to have it happen in? I mean, that's something that they, 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 I, I think is the biggest one. And we talked about it a little bit earlier, but like, it's important to look at the photos from the venue, you know, whether it's, you know, like on say it's a wedding venue you work at you're you know like for you sarah somewhere where you you work at all the time looking at a photographer's blog and then you can get a good idea of some real weddings at that venue you know even googling the name of the venue uh you know name of that venue weddings and then google is the bet you know you can get so many photos that way of just looking at it and look at it on pinterest and then then that'll kind of give you a really good idea of what you can and can't do what are the limitations of my venue and asking the questions because we get that all the time is like um there's a couple venues that we work at that where uh you have to hire our company we're one of the preferred vendors and it's um because we're installing stuff in their ceiling they've restricted it to two to uh, they call us lighting partners and so you know, a lot of we get extra access because they don't have to babysit us. The you know the coordinators don't have to be there, so we get earlier access. And um, so, but their floors don't get earlier access. You know, or you know the other ones. And so they're you know having that real ex- expectation of what is in that photo and how long does it take to put together. You know, that's I, I think just being real, asking the questions, taking the time to do the research. I mean, it's all going to come. It'll all come together. Yeah. And, you know, asking the questions and, um, and asking them of, you know, of someone who knows their shit, you know? <laughs> well, yeah. And that too is like, and don't sign a contract with the venue and then decide that you don't like the venue anymore. Like that happens to us with drapery. They're like, we really don't like the, our venue. We want to drape all the walls. And then at that point you could be in a tent in the middle of a parking lot somewhere you know, and so why are you spending all this money with a venue if you don't like the way it looks, yeah. you know? So, I mean, do a little bit more research or, I mean, I, that, I don't know. That's my analogy all the time. I'm like, we could be in a tent in the middle of a parking lot and no one would know it's different, you know, because <laughs> it's like, it's just yeah. white drapes around the building or, you know, ivory drapes around the walls. So I don't get it. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, I always recommend couples take like actually take photos at the venue. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, because then you kind of get like a good sense. Like you're, I mean, just with your phone or whatever, like you're still going to get a decent sense of what the lighting looks like, what the structure looks like. Um, you know, taking photos of the two of you in the space, like I just have whoever's touring, like take a quick snap. It's also a kind of a nice little like memento. You yeah. probably like got dressed up to go tour this venue. I'm sure um, they did. It's a good social yeah. media moment too. 
Yeah, like a fun little thing. And it's, you know, it's a nice, like when you're putting your wedding website together, if that's something you do, it's a nice thing to add on there um, if you end up going with that venue. But and the percentages of wedding websites are higher than they've ever been. I just learned that at, at a WIPA event. Really? Yeah. I, I wonder why that is. Is that because of the pandemic? I don't know, but that's they're higher than they've ever been. And that's how you we as wedding professionals can personalize the customer's experience by going to their wedding website and learning a little bit about them. Oh. Never mind blown when I heard. I'm like, I would have never stock my, you know, they stock us. So let's turn around and stock them. But I was like, that's a great, I'm like, you can, you know, like, so if you're trying to gift your clients or do different things, it's like a good way, you know. If you're, I, the analogy the speaker used was, do you just keep handing bottles of champagne out to the same, but maybe they don't drink or maybe they don't, you know, you, you just, you know, just because they're getting married doesn't mean they like champagne. You know, my wife does not yeah. like bubblies at all. You know, she likes other stuff, but not bubblies, you know. Oh, interesting. That's so fascinating. And it is, you know, it's, it's different for me because I have to know the couple really well in you order do. to yeah. photograph them. Yeah. But if you're not, and I, I've never thought about standing in the other side where you, you know, you're kind of more behind the scenes. Like maybe you don't get to know the couple that well. You didn't ask them about their proposal or photograph it even, um, or find out like their couple origin story and all of their family dynamics, (laughs) which we talked about on the break. Oh yeah. Um, I am the gatekeeper for drama is what I was saying on the break, but you know, it's like, if there's drama, then I buffer. I'm the buffer yeah. of it. Um, but it's interesting. You Which know, is a it, tough I, job. That's a tough job. It really is. It is. I I am well suited for my job because I am so extroverted that mm-hmm. like all of it gives me energy. Like being seeing people happy and being able to like provide a really good experience for them, even if I'm absorbing drama, it's still gives me joy because I know what the other person's experience is. So yeah. it seems silly, but I, it's an extroverted thing because I observe energy from being around other people. No, and I, I kind of get it. And from my angle, like we'll sometimes have to work harder to put something together because we're doing something for the first time for this client. But knowing when they walk in the room and watching the bride like light up because she's it, it, we captured exactly what she wanted to do. I mean, that I get it, you know. It's that same kind of joy. I'm like, all right, we did our, you know, we did, we did good. <laughs> yeah. It's the best. <laughs> it really is. It really is. I love that photo idea. That's smart. I'm going to steal that from you. Oh, please do. Um, yeah. The better experience we can make this for everyone, that would make, I would love nothing more. And let me know how it goes. Yes, I will. That would make sure. me very happy too. Um, steal that because that's smart. It also helps you if you've never been to that venue, have a realistic expectation of what the lighting looks like in there or what it might look like. Um, Like we have one venue here in DC um, that over at Eastern Market that has, which I'm making an assumption that you know what I'm talking about, but you probably don't. Um, It has these giant, beautiful windows, but they're, and they're like the old lead glass windows, like old, 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 but they're huge floor to ceiling, like two story. Um, And it's like an old warehouse. Um, And they're, they're like arched. I mean, beautiful. But if the sun is going down and it is November, it is going to streak everyone's faces who Uh, is sitting there. So, you know, it's, it's like, those things are important to know too. No, well, yeah. 
I love it too. We'll, we'll work at, we're working a wedding and then like the photographer flies in from out of town, didn't do any research on it and then goes, Oh, where do I shoot around here? It's like, well, shouldn't you got here like 40 minutes or 30 minutes before and just scout out the, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure you can walk into a thing, give yourself 30 to, you know, minutes to an hour before the, you have to start shooting and you can find amazing spots, you know, it's just, yeah, you know, or don't be like, lazy. That's what I, I yeah, or, or do some research online. Um, I'm sure people have blogged about it or all the above, find, <laughs> or, you know, ask other people before you arrive. Yeah. Like, also, like if I wanted, if I'm coming in to Livermore and I'm like, hey, Kevin, I'm going to Walnut Creek. Like, do you have any suggestions for me for shooting? Because yeah. I obviously respect what you do and I want to like, you know, you know your stuff. Then you're yeah. going to be like, yeah, I do have some <laughs> suggestions, Sarah. I do know where other photographers work. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, thanks for reaching out and I'm excited to work with you. <laughs> no, and then we get that a lot too because all of a sudden we're getting a lot of out-of-town vendors coming into town and they are breaking the rules of the venue. So that's the other thing. So here it's like, we're all doing the right thing, but yet you got someone standing on, you know, or taking someone into an area that they're not allowed to take photos and then they take photos there and then they are blogging about it. And so then it gets out on the internet and then they're coming back to the venue and the venue's like, you know, that they weren't allowed to go there. I don't know how that happened, you know? And so, but then that bride wants to go in that same spot. You know? Yeah. Oh gosh. That's hard on all fronts. Well, I, um, I had it cause I, and, and only, I was only really uh, tuned into it because a photographer once goes, Oh, I'll never be back to this venue again. I don't really care. And I was oh like, my God. so I was just like, wow, you know, that's interesting. Wow. Take on it. I, so my thing that I do every time I arrive at a wedding, I arrive early, obviously. Um, but then I meet with the vet, the venue coordinator and I ask them if there are any restrictions, because even though I ask the couple, that doesn't mean that they tell no, me yeah, and no, it no, doesn't they mean they no, know. Don't tell us the truth at all. But, yeah. I mean, also like they don't always know the answer, you know, no. like it's in the contract, but does that mean, or like maybe they're food prepping in that location that day. Well, I'm not going to take someone who has like everyone whose hair is done, you know, right around the salads, yeah, like exactly. parade their heads over the sa- <laughs> everyone's salad. That <laughs> just not a great idea. No. It wouldn't taste good either. <laughs> no, not not a great situation. And as a redhead, you know, my hair stands out the most. The most. <laughs> so you're really in trouble. It was her. <laughs> She's the one who salad bobbed us. (laughs) Oh, God. But some of the really good venues out there, I was just on a venue uh, podcast not that long ago, but some of the really good venues out there are one, they'll give us vendors uh, one sheet of the rules and you walk in. So you already have walking in a little bit of an idea of what you can and can't do. And the the venue that this, uh, that what that one photographer said, you know, I don't care, you know, kind of attitude was one that does that, that they do a really good job of like setting the expectations ahead of time for us as vendors. You know, you can't drink, you're not a guest, you can't do, you know, all those things that, you know, that happens all the time. Come on, have a drink with, I know I can't, I'm working, you know? Yeah. Drinking and reading the light doesn't work for me. (laughs) Well, there's a wedding photographer I worked with for years that would always uh, have a glass of wine or two at dinner. And I'm like, what if I had a blurry photo or what if, you know, like I'm like, they can just come back at the fact that you were drinking while you were working. 
I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me. And granted, yeah. I feel that with someone that I love a glass of wine. Um, oh yeah, I'm yeah. gonna have a glass of wine as soon as yeah. we're done here. Well, I mean, go. <laughs> I'm gonna turn on March Madness. I'm gonna kick my feet up, and I'm that, gonna have a glass of wine. <laughs> that sounds like. I think I had it on. Oh, it stopped, but I had it on in the background. I had March I, Madness. Go. <laughs> I just was, told me to shut it off. <laughs> I did notice it was on back there, which is why I knew if I mentioned it, you would get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So, last question Uh-oh. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Do you have any advice for couples who are planning their weddings? I think the biggest thing is that is to enjoy it. Um, stay organized because many times they don't. I feel like it's uh, when you, when you're in the planning process, it's like a flurry of everything happens all at once. And then there's this lull and during the lull is a good time to really pr- prep yourself for the end. Cause the end sucks. Yes. There's a lot of times you get to the end and um, I'll be doing a final meeting with a couple, you know, they walk in, I'm like, you guys don't like each other right now. And like, just to break the mood. And they're like, we don't. And then, and then they look at each other and it's like, I'm like, I can tell, you know, because they're so stressed out, you know? And, and then the other, the other thing too, is just take everyone's opinions with a grain of salt because um, everyone, whether it's a coworker, um, you're simply looking at a wedding magazine at the grocery store. Um, everyone has an opinion when it comes to weddings. It just, it doesn't matter. Everyone does. And so take a it, lot of opinions. And then I always <laughs> say having a baby times times the wedding opinions by four, you know, just and that's only in my experience with like grocery shopping with a child that's absolutely losing her ever loving mind. And I'm like, this is just going to go away. I know it is. And mom's t- <laughs> trying to stop me to tell me how to console my baby. And I'm like, I know what's wrong with her. She'll be done in about 30 seconds. You know, <laughs> like this is. A... Oh, my God. Yes. So. Yes. All the opinions. Yes. Yeah. So just, but you got to enjoy the process and take the time and, you know, enjoy yes. it. Yeah. That's what, and stay organized. That's the, the two things. It's like, because a lot of people don't. Yeah. And don't take on more things just because the lull is happening. Don't like oh. decide then you need to create something extra because then, you know, I 100%. feel like. Yeah. yeah. Use the lull to date each other again and, and remember why you're actually in love with each other and, you know, go, go on a little weekend away or, you know, go out to dinner, which is, you know, a luxury that you don't get to have when you have children and get older and get busy with work. So, <laughs> date each other while the dating's good. Yes. I love that. That's great advice. Oh, well, thank you so much, Kevin. This has been so amazing. I've really enjoyed having you dish with me today on The Wedding Dish. Um, where can people find you online? So we're at fantasysound.com is our is the website. You can go see all some of our beautiful uh, lighting photos uh, in, uh, on Instagram. We're FSES events. Um, and so that's a good way to see more up to date stuff that's happening. Uh, you know, we're putting it out there. And then um, also uh, weddingiq.com for all you wedding business owners out there can come visit us over there as well. So, 
I love it. And of course, we will link to all of that in our show notes so that you can easy peasy grab those and go follow Kevin. Um, and I, while you're there, you can follow at The Wedding Dish Podcast on Instagram. You can visit our website, theweddingdishpodcast.com. You'll have show notes, transcripts, because we're committed to accessibility at The Wedding Dish. Um, you can apply to be a guest even if you want to join us and tell your wedding story or share your wedding expertise. Um, and please follow, rate, and review us on your favorite podcasting app and tune in next week for another episode of The Wedding Dish. Until Thank you next for having week. me. Thanks so much for being here. It's been so fun. It has been fun. Thank you. <laughs> Have a great rest of the day, everybody. Cheers. <laughs>